0: resenting things that happened to them. And I'll be honest, I don't always feel full of joy, and I don't think any of us do. Um, but God has really challenged me to live a joyful life in him. And I believe that if we do that as a church, it will be a real testimony to the people around us because the world is full of frustrated people. And I think if we as a church can be a joyful church, it will really speak um, and the verses that came to me first uh, as I was preparing was Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13. Um, it is Paul sharing with the Philippians about being content. So it's Philippians 4, verse 10 to 13. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all could live like this? I think, though, that anything what the enemy can do to take that away from us, you know, he will try. If he can take away our joy... We basically have we're no different from anyone else um and i think there's different tactics he will use to take away our joy and if he can take away our joy our church will be suffering our homes our families our friendships Uh, it affects our whole life and i was thinking about some of the things that satan can use to make us less joyful And one of the things I think he will use is that we have very unrealistic expectations. We think that everyone should be nice to us. We think that life should be fair. We think that if we work hard for the Lord, he should bless us and life should be easy. And um, we look at expectations from church. They're all Christians, so they should all be nice and kind, shouldn't they? One day, not always. And the other thing that we suffer from sometimes is forgetfulness. We forget what God has done for us. God has blessed us one day, and the next day we've forgotten about it already, and we're moaning again. Um, so if we forget what God has done, it's a ground for the enemy to use it to become. Uh, was to take away our joy Um, we can compare our lives to that of others they've always got more looks like it, they don't but we think they do, they've always got a better life, they are so blessed and why am I not we compare ourselves and again the enemy can use that to take away our joy now what does the Bible say about joy I don't know if you have a concordance but if you do There is loads of references to joy. There's a whole page. I didn't go through all of them because I have no time. But what it does teach me is that if there's so many references to joy in the Bible, God wants us to be joyful people. Okay, so the first one we're going to look at is Galatians 5, verse 22. It's the fruits of the Spirit, which you probably have all heard about before. Now, Galatians 5:22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified a sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then the second passage I want to read is 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3 to 10. Um, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 3 to 10 we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited rather as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance in troubles hardships and distresses in beatings imprisonments and riots in hard work Sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. And there's a bit uh, where I want to focus on. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. So what can we learn from those two Bible passages I think the first thing we learn from it, and that's related to the passage about the fruit of the Spirit, is that it's a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit grows that inside us. It's a gift. It's not a certain kind of self-help book that we can follow to make us more joyful, like 100 things to do, and that will be it. You know, you'll be a joyful person. The Holy Spirit inside us produces peace and love and joy And we can't just work that up ourselves, however hard we try. Also, it's not like, I think people will see that in the world, where you've got, some people are just more joyful than others. Some people are a bit more pessimistic. Everything is always a bit like, hmm, poor me. Other people are like always very confident everything's going to turn out all right. It's quite a difference between Simon and myself. Uh, You can guess who is who. Um, people are just different but it doesn't mean that if you are tended to be the more the pessimistic person you can't have that joy you can the spirit can give that to you and the other thing is that you can be joyful even though life doesn't quite go according to plan yeah if you just read everything that Paul has gone through in his journeys I think you know a lot of us have not quite done or gone through all of that Um, and yet Paul was joyful he says joyful and content in all circumstances and situations i think what the world teaches us is to be happy now happy if you're happy it depends on your circumstances you're happy because you had a pay rise you're happy because when your baby was born you're happy because you had a nice meal out with your friend but take that away and happiness is gone. And joy is something that's much deeper. Joy can stay there even though life is hard. It's not dependent on anything external. It's something deep-seated that the spirit can push in your heart. Now you say, well, that's great. But how do I get that joy then if I can't follow 100 steps to get it? I'm not feeling great, I'm not full of joy, so what do I do? Now let's turn to Psalm 16, verse 9 to 11. So, Psalm 16, verse 9 to 11. It says, Therefore, my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now what's the key to receive that joy? You read in verse 11, you will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's where we will receive that joy, in God's presence. If we go there, God can deal with us, with our hearts, and he can fill us with um, his joy. And it's something I've been learning just over the last year or two, that as I spend more time in God's presence, he can deal with my heart. He can change things. One of the things that he's taught me is to be more joyful, whatever happens. I'm not saying you will never hear me complain. I'm sure you will still will. But deep inside, something has changed, and I have become more content and more joyful. Um, when we spend time in God's presence, he will change our perspective. He will make us look at what he has done for us. He will make us look at who he is and what he can do for us and it changes things completely. But we have to let him do it. There's no point sitting there, singing your songs. Hmm. It's not gonna happen anyway. Look at my life, it's all a mess. No, if we come to God's presence and say, Lord, I just cannot imagine me ever being joyful because my life has completely gone wrong, but you deal with it, then if you come with a willing heart, God's can change. Okay? God wants us to be joyful. He doesn't want to go around life being worrying, carrying our own burdens, being dismal, being pessimistic. God wants us to rest in him. And I think one thing we need to learn is to accept limitations. Every season in our life has its limitations. We have to accept the limitations of finances we can't always afford everything we want we have to accept the limitations of our friends they cannot fulfill whatever we want them to do of our partners of the church we will only ever be content in God and whatever else you know God has given us um, will not necessarily fulfill their deepest desire now as i started um with i really believe that if we as a church spend more time in god's presence and are filled with his joy we have an amazing testimony to the people around us okay and as i read somewhere it says it will showcase the heart of the gospel in a way that is winsome and compelling and i think that's my prayer for me for my family and for the church that we will have that joy so I really want to encourage you to spend time in God's presence and let him change your heart to be more joyful not because you have done x y and z and you've become a happy person but because God has changed your heart